Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 14. My name is Dale Lott Jr. And you are listening to A Better Pickup Line, the podcast. We've been discussing the four foundational truths that you must establish in order to set the compass of your mind to receive the mate that God has for you. So today, let's jump right in to truth number three. You should never be in such a hurry to get married that you are willing to replace what God has designed for your life with an imitation. Doing so has a lifelong ramification. Now, the best example of this would be Abraham. God promised Abraham a son. However, his wife, Sarah, was barren. Now, we know that with God, nothing is impossible. Yet Abraham was so anxious to receive the promise of God that he heeded the voice of his wife. So Sarah is sitting there saying, hey, look, I can't have children. Maybe what God really wants you to do is sleep with my maidservant. That way you'll have a son. And what male would say no? So Abraham sleeps with Hagar, who is Sarah's servant. And now we find out the first mistake. See, he didn't listen to the voice of God's word. He just looked at his circumstances and thought, there is no way that this can happen with my wife. Maybe this is what God intends. And in in his haste, he failed to seek God as to how this was going to happen. See, you have to be careful not to miss the rest of the message because you chose to listen to somebody else who is not familiar with the promise because God didn't speak the promise to them. He spoke the promise to you. All you will have accomplished is creating difficulties for yourself. Why? Because your Ishmael, and for those who don't know, Ishmael is the son that was produced When Abraham slept with Hagar, but later on, of course, God did give Abraham a son through Sarah named Isaac. So what's going to happen when you do these things, when you listen to someone else concerning the promises of God instead of listening to God and you take the shortcut, you take the substitute instead of waiting on the promise, your Ishmael or your substitute and your Isaac, who is your promise, will never mesh and they will always be at war. Why is that? Because the two were never meant to coexist. They come from two different seeds. See, Isaac was born of the seed of faith, choosing to believe what God has said, not looking at the situation, not looking at the circumstance, but looking at the all sufficiency of God and believing what he has promised. Ishmael, on the other hand, was born of the seed of fear, not believing what God has said, looking at your circumstances or your situations more than you're looking at God and making a decision based off of what your circumstances are telling you and not based off of what the word of God is telling you. And now when you look at it, look at life, even to this day, the descendants of Isaac 
and the descendants of Ishmael are still at war because the seed always produces after its kind. So now what is born of faith will always be at war with that which is born out of fear. And so now you're walking with somebody that's born out of your fear and you're trying to produce works of faith with them. You're trying to produce the promise with them and you find that you cannot. Why? Because the seed always produces after its kind. No matter how much Ishmael tried to be Isaac, Ishmael could not be Isaac. Ishmael could not be the promise. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter how much Abraham wanted him to be the promise. Ishmael wasn't the promise. The substitute is not the promise. The promise is the promise. Isaac was the only one who could fulfill what God had said. We cannot choose natural man-made solutions and think that that's going to give us what God has promised us. Only that which is born of faith can produce the promise. That which is born of fear, that which is born of your doubt, uh, of your insecurity, of your unbelief, it will only produce a facsimile. And you have to make that decision right now. Do you want what God has spoken, what God has promised you? Or are you satisfied with the substitute? It's interesting that the thing that pushed Abraham to separate from Ishmael was when Sarah saw Ishmael picking at Isaac, teasing Isaac. And, and what I want you to understand is that which God didn't ordained to be in your life that you chose to allow in your life because of your unbelief, because of your insecurity, because of your fear, because of your loneliness, because of your weakness. It's always going to antagonize that which is born out of faith. It's going to frustrate the promise. So that's why you have to send Ishmael away. Some of you are in relationships right now with someone that you know is not God's promise for you. And you're going to have to send them away for the benefit of the promise to protect the promise, because you don't want the promise thing in your life to be frustrated and antagonized by that which is born out of fear. And it's not Ishmael's fault. Ishmael is being who Ishmael is. He was born of fear, so he can only produce works of fear. When you're in that relationship with someone who can't understand and comprehend what you're saying, where you're trying to go, it's not their fault. They're not the promised ones. They weren't designed to help you to get to where God has for you to go and to receive what God has for you. And then the second thing in this story I want you to understand is this. Ishmael is never hated. He was never hated by Abraham. He was loved by Abraham. And I say that to say this. If someone says, you know, you're just not the promised one for me. Don't be offended because if they are because if you are an Ishmael in their life, then they are an Ishmael in your life. And both of you are Isaacs for someone else. So when you leave that relationship, you don't have to try to degrade each other. You don't have to try to tear each other down because Abraham wasn't trying to tear Ishmael down because Ishmael was actually love. Ishmael just wasn't the promised one. So some of you are going to have to leave relationships that you don't hate them. 
They're just not the promised one. The fourth truth, God is ready when you are. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, well, I guess it's not time for me to get married. God's not ready for me to get married. But is that true? What if God was actually waiting on you to receive his word and act out on it? In Isaiah 48 and 3, God says, I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them and they came to pass. What thing has he already declared? Let's go back to Genesis 2, verse 18. And the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. See, the way I see it, God has already declared everything concerning your life. So that means he's already spoken your spouse into existence. However, it has a sequence that must be followed in order to see it take place in your life. I mean, imagine you're playing a game where one task leads you to the next task, which leads you to the next task until you find the prize. If you only read the first task and stop there, you will never get to the task which leads you to the prize or picture an educational curriculum that was already put in place before you started school. How silly would you sound if you blamed the superintendent because you couldn't hear the words designed for a 12th grade student if you refuse to progress past the seventh grade. Likewise, God has given you a series of tasks pertaining to the grade level that you are in. Now, once you complete those tasks, you move on to the next grade level where there are a new set of tasks, a new set of words or instructions, a new set of manifestations. Therefore, it's not God who determines when you hear the words he has already spoken from the beginning. It is you through your progression. So the question is, how do you progress? Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as a mustard seed, Mark 4, 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. What you want to do is you want to take his word. That, that, that's, that's going to be your progress now. You take his word, you put it in your heart, you meditate on that word until you observe to do it. That's what Joshua 1 and 8 tells us. And eventually it will produce manifestation. Meditate on the word day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shall make thy way prosperous. Then thou shall have good success. See, way back in Genesis 1.29, God has already given you every word for your life as a seed. The life that you are looking to obtain, the husband you're looking to obtain, the wife you're looking to obtain, you already possess it. When he breathed into your nostrils the breath of life, he breathed into your, your nostrils his word. His specific word concerning your life and concerning everything about your life, his entire will for your life, he has already breathed into your spirit. Well, actually, your spirit is that word. Now, what you have to do is prepare and progress. Take that word, put it in your heart, keep it there, study that word, 
Scriptures on finding a husband. Scriptures on finding a wife. Put it in your heart. Keep it there. Meditating on it day and night until you hear something to do. And then you begin to do it. Then you're going to make your way prosperous. Then you're going to have good success. And you're going to wake up one day and all of a sudden you're going to see the harvest of what you planted in your heart. Well, that's our show for today. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through my social media accounts at Jr. And on Instagram, it's Lot. Or... You can reach out to me through my blog, abetterpickupline.com, and inbox me your questions there. Now, before we leave, I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, subscribe. Whether you're listening through iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite pod catcher is, make sure you subscribe. The second thing, help me spread the word. If you're consuming this podcast through Facebook or YouTube, Like, share, comment, make sure you tell somebody who you think this podcast would be a benefit to. The third thing I'm asking you to do is visit DellLot.org. If you'd like to invite me out to your church, your convention, your conference, your organization, whatever your function is, you would like me to come out and speak. You can find all the information on DellLot.org. As well, there's information about my book, In That Land, A Seed, Time, and Harvest Approach to Finding a Wife. And I'm going to ask you to purchase that today. And with that being said, I want you to have a great and awesome day. And join me next time on A Better Pickup Line, the podcast.